Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. When's Valentine's Day? Did we already miss that, Johnny? That was on the 14th. That's right, February 14th. I about thought 14th when I said uh, 21st. I don't know why I'm thinking the 21st. Uh, Valentine's Day, it's not, of course. Uh, I'm your host, Jack Riggins, restoring American values, bringing common sense to the capital city, making Johnny Cadillac, at minimum, laugh. He is here, executive producing the show. Nice 52 degrees today here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Feels like the 53 uh, wind is 11 miles an hour out of the south-southeast. So not a bad day. And uh looks like it's going to get a little chilly the next two days, maybe three. But then by Saturday, we're back up to the 50s. So I'm hoping spring is turning around. Uh, Twitter Tuesday uh, already have a pretty good, uh, <laughs> pretty good entry from Scott on the uh, Rick Stein recognition text line. Appreciate that, Scott. Um, we'll give everybody else some time if they want to submit some. But I think yours is good. I've checked it out. I wanted to talk a little bit today uh, about some of the legislative bills and, and where they're at, what we know. Um, think I, well, not think, I know I want to take on uh, and see if anybody wants to call in for or against the Heartbeat Act, the abortion, if you will, bill that's up at the legislature. That uh, always seems to be a hot topic. Uh, Rick Stein Recognition Hotline 402-479-1400 will be open all show. We do have a full show today. I'll hit on that one, um, see if we can get anybody talking about it. Here, Here's the thing, folks. I am very curious as to um, where people stand on that. Just in general, obviously there's people that are absolutely for, absolutely against. I'm just curious if there's a whole bunch of people in the middle. But either either way, whatever you think, I'd like to hear it. I just think it, I don't think we have enough conversation about it. And uh, I'll certainly express my thoughts about where we stand on LB uh, 626. But uh, I, I will say this. As a matter of principle, I think that both the big government, federal and state government spend way too much time on this topic. We'll go through some of the other bills, whatever the rumor mill is, whatever I've been able to dig up or hear, uh, see what everybody else thinks on some of them. The one thing I was thinking about, um, for whatever reason, maybe it was because of the President's Day thing I was talking about as a youth, President's Day, I was thinking about the Pledge of Allegiance. Because one of the things we like to do on this show is talk about American values, talk about American history and see if we're, you know, we're wrong and we need to adjust or if we're not understanding anymore or we don't frankly care. And, you know, I have remembered that the Pledge of Allegiance for some reason or not has come under attack, um, it seems, in the schools to some degree. Uh, certainly a topic that um, a lot of people that are very pro-America uh keep dear to their heart i i would tell you that i would put myself in that category um since i was a child of which of course every day in my public school and my private school uh, catholic private school we said the pledge of allegiance 
and in the service, uh, there wasn't really a need for it, so to speak. But uh, why? Well, because every every sunrise and every sunset, uh, we had our uh, customs that we always paid homage every day in the United States military. So I, I guess I was a little bit surprised when I got back into the civilian sector. And of course, this has come under attack in mass media, between parent groups, various throughout the nation, uh, major sports, yada, 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 right? Along with the national anthem. But I don't want to go to the national anthem today. So I looked it up. I never looked it up. Had any? Has anybody, did anybody know? What's the history of it, right? Let's go start there. That's what I always do. I just, let's go start there. Okay, folks. It was written in August 1892 by the socialist minister, Francis Bellamy. And it was originally published in the Youth Companion, I'm assuming that's a magazine, on September 8th, 1892. He had hoped, according to ushistory.org, that the pledge would be used by citizens in any country. And in its original form, and I think this is important, because this kind of changed my mind a little bit. It read, I pledge allegiance to my flag and the republic for which it stands. One nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay. Now I have said it enough. I know that's not the same pledge of allegiance that I grew up saying. So we go to 1923. And the words, the flag of the United States of America were added. So now it read in 1923. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, so what we've learned, what I just learned, seriously, folks, I learned this this afternoon in Chopra, was okay, it was written by a socialist minister and originally published in the Youth Companion, which my first thought being a realist and a little bit of a, as you can tell, sometimes I pick out the negative and everything, <laughs> was, oh, what, did we have our own little, like, Nazi youth thing going on in the 1800s? Um, you know, and, oh, by the way, the, the guy made it so that anybody could use it in any country. Well, that's a lot different than just kind of what I believed it to be i mean think about that we never really talk about the history of the pledge of allegiance we just say it growing up and i mean i have no problem with it right um but then oh wait okay it was made for everybody but then in 1923 obviously when you add the flag of the united states of america it was tailored towards america and american citizens so it still fits for america in 1923 and frankly, if you take the flag of the United States of America, it still fits for his original intent, at least according to ushistory.org. Okay, now here's, here's where we start to get into modern times, sort of. In 1954, in response to the communist threats of the times, President Eisenhower encouraged Congress to add the words under God. Creating the 31 pledge, word wet pledge that we say today. Now, according to ushistory.org, Bellamy's daughter, because he had died, objected to this. 
So, of course, today it reads, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, so I'm not going to go into, because we know how many people of different beliefs have really gotten weirded out by one nation under God. They really have. I mean, that that usually is the argument, at least uh, last decade since I've paid attention, that people get all spun up about. Well, okay, I've showed you the history. It was made for any nation. Potentially, that was the intent. It was United Statesified in 1923. No big deal there. I think it is logical to understand, not just in response to communist threat in 1954, but given our Constitution, given the way our country was founded with inalienable rights, right, and this ode to a higher power, if you will, in the founding of this country, that adding under God in 1954 uh, fit the brand of the United States of America. I don't think there's anything controversial with that. Now, that is how we got here. There's some other stuff of when it was published and you were supposed to salute and do this stuff and they realized during World War II that salute resembled the Nazi salute too much and they took it away. Me personally, as a veteran, I mean, I salute the people that are appropriate, which is oftentimes, in my case, an officer. Um, I'm being saluted, so um, if somebody's willing to give me a salute, I render it back, not just by custom and tradition, but out of respect, seriously, that somebody would be willing to do that. It's just, a, I think, a good thing. As a matter of fact, when I visit my son down on an Air Force base, even though I'm retired, um, it almost uh, brings me to, uh, I don't know, I get emotional when some young 20-year-old at a gate, say, at off it or a gate down where my son's at, uh, salutes me. Um, I would prefer he didn't because I don't think I'm that special. I just I did my duty just like they're doing their duty. But it's a custom thing, so I respect that custom. Uh, but as far as everybody else, civilians and stuff, yeah, like, I don't, I, no need. <laughs> no need to salute. So I'm glad they took that out. But here's the thing I was thinking about. You can't deny the fact, and again, you're talking to somebody here that is a kid of the 80s, right? We had very pro-America movies, uh, genre, I mean, Reagan, I mean, everybody was in in America. I mean, dang near every major movie out there was pro-America. It's different than it is today. And so, when I look back... I see the benefits, absolutely, of an entire generation at every school and, and population base of young people saying the Pledge of Allegiance, right? It, in its best intent, it is, to, it is to allow everyone to feel proud of the place and the nation for which they are, right? And it's just a, a remembrance every day. At the same time, you cannot at all say that there isn't a propaganda piece to that that is making us as young Americans saying it, you know, a little bit for, I think, an okay cause to be brainwashed. 
I mean, that is how you go about getting people to believe in things, right? Is they recite things. You have, uh, you know, you have holidays. You have uh, famous sayings, and it, and it gets people to buy in. That's what I'm trying to say. To buy into America, and if you do that, you know, from kindergarten on, you 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 tend a better chance of having people that believe in America and believe in what it's about uh, than if you don't say it. Okay, so there's a piece of that, but overwhelming, I believe, the intent from the government, the intent of all parents and everybody that says, hey, this is a positive thing, it's like 95% good, 5%, yeah, it has some of that in there. And so I struggle when people who I talk to, you know, are really against it and and some of the stuff, and usually it's the God part. But there are people that get really frustrated with the word allegiance in a free society like ours as we try to say we are and it made me start thinking i was like at this point in my life like i said i'm fine with the thing the way the thing's written i don't have problems with our youth saying it i wish they all did and i wish they believed it like i did and do because it tends to lend to growing up and aspiring under freedom to respect and to cherish what you have, whether you fought for it or not, what this country can provide, which is just freedom, the ability to grow and do and and try to aspire to the things you want to be and the way you want to live. And that's a very unique thing on the planet. Uh, but that word allegiance, right, in a free society, I can see, you know, that word to me, I immediately think of like a stormtrooper in Star Wars, <laughs> right? And, and I don't want Americans to be that way. And so I thought about it, and I was like, you know a better word for those that struggle with the Pledge of Allegiance would be, I pledge appreciation. I pledge appreciation to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Because I think that in the end, that's what's missing. And if you want to take God out because you personally want to take God out, fine. Take God out. But I think that the appreciation for what the United States is, was, is trying to be, is very much lost in our society right now. And I would think that a vast majority of people that have served and actually laid it all on the line for that aren't looking for people to say, I pledge of allegiance. Right? You have to come through education, parents, peers, experience you have to come to an appreciation for america in order to maintain america and in order to make it better for all people here and as we've done for a good hundred years at least globally and if you can't have an appreciation for the uniqueness that is america then we're in a really hard spot and so, you know, if there's a new Francis Bellamy out there, and he's listening to my show, think about that maybe. 
Maybe that's what we're missing, is an appreciation. Certainly allegiance for those that want to grow up like I did and serve the country, and that's about all you wanted to do. Um, No problem. I mean, I get it. I get it. Those of us that do that, we get it. Um, But that isn't required for every citizen to have allegiance, right? You do need to appreciate, though. All right, when we come back, second segment, if you want to call in, uh, we'll talk. I got the ACLU's latest kind of uh, blog about the abortion, LB-626. Read a couple of things of what they think of it. Give my thoughts. If you have a call, pro, for, don't care, love to hear from you. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, folks, uh, just uh, went a little crazy there. Actually went a little long, as you can imagine, uh, talking about the Pledge of Allegiance or the Pledge of Appreciation. Looked up the history. At least it was interesting to me. I don't know if it was interesting to you. Had a few people on the text line chime in. Uh, We'll talk about different bills and uh, see if anybody uh, wants to chime in on abortion. Uh, ACLU uh, has an article out uh, from their Senior Legal and Policy Council. Got some good thoughts. Talking LB uh, 626. Also, there was an article, and I have failed to find it, but I am... confident it's out there uh where somebody said hey it looks like you know they've got 33 votes which would get the uh i the the six ban six week ban done um i saw that somewhere doesn't mean it's done it just it's out there um but i want to share my thoughts and see if anybody out there has thoughts pro or against as well as there's a couple other interesting ones i stumbled onto twitter tuesday uh right now uh Scott, not the other Scott. Scott's got one from DC Drano on Twitter. Interesting. Probably read that later if we don't get any other uh, great additions. But um, Jeff has chimed in. Um, you know, hard to read on the text line sometimes. I pledge love it or leave it. I I, I don't know. Uh, freedom of religion, aka religious freedom, is why pilgrims came to America. Yes. Um, as well as just general tyranny, I would say. <laughs> Freedom is not free. Many gave their lives for us. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yes, and thank you for my service. Well, yeah, no problem. Great career. Anybody should try it out. Um, but yeah, I'm just talking about the Pledge of Allegiance, and ultimately, I think one of the crises we have now and why it was good is good is ultimately maybe we just need to pledge appreciation to our country and what we have and start from there. 1,499.3-KLIN. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
Drive-Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, Tuesday, February 21st, second segment here on Drive-Time Lincoln. You know, uh, we had Matt Schulte on uh, last Thursday. He's been making the uh, media rounds, if you will, about his effort to uh, get us to not have a COVID emergency declaration. And my guess is, is that at the uh, Lancaster County Board of Commissioner meetings today, there, um, there's probably some fireworks on that. You may recall yesterday that I said, we'll find out how partisan uh, this issue is, because I think every citizen in the county, that includes Lincoln, uh, would have a similar reaction to me, which was, what? We're still in a declared state of emergency 20 months after the state released theirs? Wow. That must just be an oversight. Well, it's not an oversight. So, um, <laughs> so par for the course. I said that as they went in to explore this, which should just be a footnote where you just uh, go ahead and go, yeah, that makes sense. Boom, 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 boom. Votes done. Nope, nope, go ahead and go to YouTube and watch the county commissioner's meeting today. Uh, They wouldn't let testifiers speak on ending the COVID emergency declaration. Doctors, nurses, attorneys, nope, they just shut down public condiment. That's what the county commissioners think. That's what they did. Just don't need to hear from you. You're going against our agenda. Right, we want to we keep COVID, the emergency declaration, going. Don't need to hear from you if you're against it. We got it. We got it. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Boy, if that isn't the middle finger to everybody in the county and uh, the city. I can't think of something that's just more logical, more easy then, yeah, let's end that declaration. But no, county commissioners, they know better. They don't need to hear from the people. So we'll just shut down public comment. Don't believe me? Go check out their video. It's all right there. Right there on their uh, Lancaster County Board of Commissioners meeting, February 21st. Yep. Shenanigans. Better go get my Didn't even want to hear the opinion. (laughs) That COVID should be stopped, you know, the declaration. Didn't even want to hear it. I mean, folks, I, I, I can't come up here and scream any more than I already do without you helping me by just making these people's lives miserable with emails, phone calls, and going to the hearings. <laughs> I, unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, before we get to abortion, let's let's give uh, Scott his due on the Twitter. Uh, tweet of the day. Scott submitted it. It's a good one. It comes from uh, at DC Drano, uh, dcdrano.com. Uh, definitely a hardcore conservative uh, constitutional defender. Uh, Rogan O'Handley, husband, patriot, lawyer, anti-woke. Okay, so this is an unapologetic, which some of you would say extreme right guy. I I wouldn't say he's extreme right. I'd just say he's sticking up for the Constitution. Uh, But he's kind of all over things. And 
Listen, he's got about 600,000 followers, so this guy puts out a lot of good content. But uh, what Scott picked up on was this from D.C. Drano. Remember how the conspiracy theorists, quote-unquote, yelled about how they're lying about masks, lockdowns, and vaccines, and got attacked and censored? And then years later, people were like, wow, you're right. Can't believe I fell for that. Well, now we're yelling about Biden pushing us into World War III. All right, that's a good one. That's a good one, Scott. And that's a little bit brazen. I mean, people think I'm a little bit wacky and crazy here in Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, this is this is the national talk going on. Um, certainly don't think D.C. Drano is a conspiracy theorist. I see a lot of his content. And it's good content. It makes you think. Uh, almost all of it's backed up by fact. Um, and I definitely agree with his first two sentences there. Um, about mass lockdown vaccines. And I think that plays in well from a national story that he's trying to shed light on to what I just read about our own county commissioners. I mean, it's, it's classic, right? It's just classic. Um, but I'm not going to go so far at this moment um, that uh, that crowd or anybody um, is saying we're pushing into World War III. It is possible we could get into World War III, but I don't think we're there yet. I could be wrong. We could be in a already build up into, um, you know, kind of a proxy war with Ukraine and us in the West funding them. And I know the Chinese are meeting with Putin, which means they're going to supply weapons. I think that's already public knowledge uh, to Russia. So, I mean, you could have somewhat of a proxy war going on uh, right there. Um, But I would like to think opposite of D.C. Drano, that no matter the. political things i disagree with that world leaders would be smart enough empathetic enough i don't know sane enough to not push this world into a world war three that that would be terrible but nonetheless scott it's a good tweet it's a good push of information oh we've got a call well let's go to farmer bill welcome to drive time lincoln hey uh sir um I just happened to be listening to your program, Mm -hmm. and I've spent a lot of time testifying at public hearings. And it uh, is the right of the people to speak at public hearings. Absolutely. And for, and I just, I guess I just heard where they wouldn't even discuss the mask mandate. Well, it wasn't the mask mandate. We're still under a COVID emergency declaration. And yes, one councilman said it's time to end it. And uh, today they shut down public comment. They suppressed public comment today. Didn't even Um, want to hear the people talk on the issue. You were just talking about World War III. and, And for me, as a citizen of this state and this county, um. That should light up every listener you reach because it's the right of the citizen. These are elected officials and they need to listen to their constituents. Yeah. And boy, I would be not only, I'd be finding out where they live and I'd be protesting outside their house because there's other issues that they've not listen to the public. There's a uh, 2,000 acre proposed soil solar panel yep. just east of Lincoln that hardworking middle class 
Nebraska, Lincoln, Lancaster County residents put their whole lives into those acreages out there, and they're getting sold out by a three-person county commission and the city to ship power to Chicago. There's a lot of empty land between here and Chicago that they could put those. Right. And I'm as green of energy proponent as there is, but you have to look at people's rights. And so I didn't mean to get into no, all those subjects, sir, but people need to light up their phones, light up their yeah. offices, and start a petition drive to remove those people if they aren't going to give their constituents, the people who pay for their services, to yeah. speak. Yeah, very, very oh, good points, Farmer go. Bill. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't say it any better. I mean, I, I've tried to say it, uh, and again, I I get called a conspiracy theorist. Lincoln and Lancaster County is in full-blown partisan politics. Full-blown. Not listening to you or me. Not listening to our testimonies. Full-blown partisan politics. From the county commission, to the city council, to the school board, to the mayor. We are, we are in the worst dynamic that is possible in a democracy. Whether it be this issue, which should have been simple. It should be simple to <laughs> the fairness ordinance, to, you know, solar panels, wind farms. The games that are being played are so partisan that Farmer Bill's right. You have to apply pressure. Right. If you want to go to their houses, make sure you do it peacefully and, you know, stand in the right places so you're not breaking any laws. But yet that's your right to do that. But I'm going to tell you, none of that's going to matter right now, given the partisan nature. It's not going to matter. Right. It's all just about winning elections and voting because Democrats in Lincoln are so dug in on the mantra, the whatever, that they're using the authorities of the office. To just do whatever they want, be damn the citizenry. And that's sad. That is sad. Uh, speaking of that, and then we'll get to abortion. Interesting. Uh, one of the bills uh, that nobody's talking about uh, is interesting. LR14CA, Senator Brees, a constitutional amendment that would put this on the ballot in 2024. So if passed, will go to the ballot for all of us to vote on. And given what Farmer Bill said and what I've observed in politics, I don't think this would be a bad thing. It would enable, so we'll vote on if passed, enable a recall of the governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, auditor of public accounts, attorney general, or state legislature. A recall provision in our Constitution would be a very powerful tool enacted to remove an elected official at any time. Why is that important, folks? It's important because these people work for you and I. And it keeps them in check and gives us a tool to keep them in check instead of having to wait for elections all the time. That's an interesting one. I'm surprised that's not getting more press. That is an interesting one. All right, abortion. We can talk about it again tomorrow on whatever Wednesday. If you want to carry it over, happy to do that. 
LB626. Okay, so we, we get the whole thing. Abortion legal, illegal, you know, conservatives, Democrats, religious, all this. I mean, and then we had the Roe v. Wade thing. Okay, number one, I'm going to go back to this. Roe v. Wade overturned did not outlaw abortion. So let's let's get that fact straight. It didn't happen. It returned the power to the states. Now, some states have overturned abortion. Nebraska did not. And the current bill in Nebraska, the six-week abortion ban, if you will, so up to six weeks, is also not a bill to outlaw abortions. That's a fact. It's not. Okay? And from a conservative side, as conservatives seem to get more fired up, and again, my opinion on it, I actually think that it's a compromise. Realizing that there are a lot of Nebraskans that do support it, and instead of trying to ram down a full abortion ban, six weeks. Like, to me, that's government compromise. I know that there's a lot of conservatives out there that would love a full abortion ban. I don't know if it's all conservatives, but there's a lot. (laughs) There's plenty. And and so what you're looking at in LB-626 is the six weeks. And yet, we're screaming and yelling that that's not good enough. Meaning, if you're, you know, for abortion, you're like, no, we can't have that. And I'm going, that's a compromise. Because a lot of conservatives who say we need to ban the whole thing like some other states. Yet here they are, they have it. Right? The bill is for six weeks. I think that that's a fair compromise between our legislatures and our people. Right? Because it, it's an issue we're not going to agree on across time and space forever, for whatever reason. I think the government, all levels, talks about it way too much. I think that for the average citizen, it does not uh, move their needle one bit. But it does move needles for elections, and so that's why it's still here. But anyway, LCLU, uh, Scout uh, Richter's Senior Legal and Policy Council, uh, had some thoughts on it. It's fair. It's definitely going to be left-leaning. Six things to know about extreme uh, six-weeks abortion ban. Again, Scout, it's not extreme. <laughs> it's just six weeks. Okay? Just like Supreme Court did not. Outlaw abortion. They gave it to the states. And in this case, in the state of Nebraska, we're saying six weeks. Okay? So I think that's a compromise. <laughs> and and write in your article, and then I'll read it. I'll give you the fair time. You, you say anti-abortion state senators. How can you be anti-abortion if your bill is abortions up to six weeks? No, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, how can you write that? That's not true. You're saying six weeks. But nonetheless, you've called it extreme. I think that's just using partisanship fine. Number one, you say it's effectively a total ban on abortion. Uh, do I need to go any further? I mean, it is clearly not. And I, that's fine. I know you believe this and it's written to the left constituents and people that are. But it's not an effective total ban on abortion. It is not. You can give me all the arguments you want about people not knowing they're pregnant for six weeks and all of this, but it is not a total ban. Six weeks. I mean, that's a month and a half. You know? I mean, if you're having a lot of sex, and and, and it, maybe you ought to just get a test. You know? 
if you're having a lot of sex and you don't want to be pregnant, then maybe you ought to get a test. And no, that's called personal responsibility in my eyes. It would threaten Nebraskans' health. I, I don't know how that threatens Nebraskans' health. Whether you're having an abortion at 12 weeks, you know, all the way full term, or you're having it at six weeks. I just, I, I don't see that. It's no different to me. Again, I'm the average citizen. I'm a male. I don't know how that plays in. What's the difference between 12 and six weeks? I mean, how does, how does that affect a Nebraskan's health? The bill exceptions aren't workable solutions. You do talk about uh, assurances in the legislation that will allow for abortion care and medical emergencies and survivors of sexual assault. Um, but you say that these exceptions could force pregnant Nebraskans to wait until their health conditions worsens to a point where their life is clearly at risk or subject to themselves. I, to me, that's emotional. And I'll go back to, A, not outlawing abortion, B, changing the date of which it's legal. Um, and so I don't know why the date then all of a sudden causes these two things, you know, in this case. And you're ha- I'd love for you to come on the show if you, anybody out there is listening. Happy to have you on the show, and you can explain them in more detail. Um, well, we know where the harm would fall the hardest, number four of your six points. We'll see the brunt of the hall f- harm fall on black women and other people of color. Is that seriously the argument of everything Democrat? I'm being serious. Is that the argument of everything Democrat? That everything that is done in this world is always going to screw people of color. Because it sure seems like it to me. It's it's just funny. It's just, to me, that's hilarious. Uh, It's supporters say number five. They have a plan for supporting pregnant Nebraska. That's not true. What what would be different than than the support we already have? We already have support for people that are pregnant. What's, what's the weeks of which it's legal to do? Change that. And then we need 17 senators to stop the ban. Fair. Listen, I don't think your arguments are terrible, but I think your argu- arguments are emotional and playing to a base, and I think that's the problem here, which is, listen, conservatives are not trying to outlaw abortion in Nebraska. They're making a compromise at six weeks, knowing the totality of the state thinks differently on this, and... I think that that's an acceptable solution. Why is that not an acceptable solution, you know, to ACLU of Nebraska and the other people? That's what I don't understand. Um, It seems like it's going to pass. I've heard different grumblings that it has the numbers, um, but we'll see. And either way, I think it's a win-win for the vast majority of Nebraskans that feel different about this topic. All right, let's take a break. 1,499-3-K-L-I-N-N. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, I want to make a correction there. Uh, it was Senator Breezy. Senator Breezy that introduced uh, the potential change that we would all get a vote on that would enable us to recall several of our senior leaders, as we like to say in uh, here. We'll talk about that tomorrow on whatever Wednesday a little bit more. Um, appreciate uh, the audience giving me that correction. Always got to mess up a name or two or something. Um, 
Other Scott wants to know a little bit more about uh, the NEGOP break-in. I suppose it's time, maybe. I uh, I have tweeted about it quite a bit. I would like to see the truth come out. I don't know what that truth is. Um, I'm happy that there is a special prosecutor. I think it is very difficult uh, to trust government and elected officials and people around it uh, if there isn't truth. And uh, that one seems to have escaped us all. And I think there's more to be done and looked into there. So we'll do it tomorrow as well as a whatever Wednesday, 1499.3 KLIN.